Welcome to Make and Decorate, a podcast for makers who love to sew, quilt, and decorate. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Make and Decorate podcast. This is Season 3, Episode 60, originally published on November 26, 2020. So happy American Thanksgiving to everyone in the United States. It's our Thanksgiving holiday today on uh, the 26th of November. Uh, a very different Thanksgiving, I'm sure, for mostly everyone. So I hope you're enjoying it as best as you can this year. Uh, we are staying home, uh, like a lot of people, uh, but I'm still preparing some food. I, I gave it like a slim, <laughs> just a slim thought of, hey, I could take this year off and not have to prepare any, you know, dishes or turkeys or anything for Thanksgiving, but uh, my husband had different ideas. Uh, so, but um, when it it's just, uh, you know, my husband and I and our little Cooper dog, you know, Cooper will get some turkey too. Uh, I usually just prepare a turkey breast anyway, so it's not that um, complicated, but I am um, like definitely downsizing the number of side dishes that I'm going to make this year um, and desserts. So in fact, I've already made uh, what our dessert is going to be, and that is uh, pumpkin bread, a real simple quick bread recipe made with pumpkin puree and all the uh, nice uh, spices. Um, and I'll put a link to this recipe. I had not made it before, but it is really good. It's very moist um, bread. Uh, so yeah, uh, and I've made our cranberry sauce homemade. I make that every year. It is so simple and I keep it simple. I don't put a bunch of extra things like apples and nuts and all this other stuff into it. I like a really fresh flavor to my cranberry sauce and I like the texture of the cranberries, um, but it's so fast to make. And the liquid that I put in there is orange juice. So if you like a really bright citrusy flavor, try to, well, <laughs> by the time this airs, you probably already made your cranberry sauce, but uh, in the future, you could make your cranberry sauce with orange juice. And basically it's just orange juice, sweetener of your choice, and I put a cinnamon stick in there um, and it gives it a nice, subtle cinnamon flavor. It doesn't knock you over at all. Uh, so that is my cranberry sauce. And then the turkey breast um, I like to make uh, is the roulade recipe from Ina Garten. So that is probably the most difficult thing to make because, you know, there are a lot of steps you have to um, like uh, triple butterfly the breast so that it's kind of you kind of like are slicing the turkey breast um, thin to the same thickness um, all the way across like and then so that you can roll the stuffing into it roll it up like a little it's almost like a sponge cake spiral <laughs> idea but it's done with turkey and the stuffing so that's the roulade and um it's it's a real simple other sides roasted sweet potatoes and green beans so that's it and that's enough and that'll be great uh so and in addition to that, another reason why I'm really trying to simplify everything is that I have um, got to rest both of my arms. 
Um, I have two arm injuries. It's ridiculous. I can't even believe this. But um, my right elbow is the tendonitis that has flared up again. Um, but in addition to that, I injured my left forearm. Oh, my sister calls it, she's an athletic trainer, and she called it the ex- extensor muscle strain. Uh, so, um, yeah, that's in my left arm. They're two different injuries, thank goodness, because the extensor muscle is what, you know, you feel when you like lift a coffee cup it's or lift a gallon of milk, anything kind of like that. Uh, it really, really hurts. So, um, my sister was just over yesterday and she, I got a nice little physical therapy session with her <laughs> and, uh, which was, uh, pretty nice, but she did this kind of deep tissue massage to kind of break up and man, oh, it hurts. It, it hurts right now. Oh my gosh. Um, but if you've ever been to physical therapy before, it's like no walk in the park. Um, I had physical therapy on my shoulder, um, a year and a half ago, I guess. And uh, yeah, it hurts. They they like zero in on these muscles and they put a lot of pressure on them and all this, you know, stuff that goes with it. But anyway, let's not talk anymore about that. <laughs> so uh, as a result of these injuries, I have to set aside knitting for a while which means no Christmas balls with Arne and Carlos. Oh, I know. I'm I'm a little sad about that, but I just I just don't want to um push it anymore. I want to like, you know, rest the arms and f- for them to heal so that I can start doing things again with them totally healed. But I will be watching every day. They're doing a video starting December 1st. Uh, one through 25 uh, and 25 um, Christmas ornament balls that um, have different knitted uh, patterns and designs on them. But let me tell you, I have been practicing, um, you know, to get a, a practice in, I guess, because I don't know what I'm doing at all. And um, I was trying to get used to the five double point needles. And uh, I got the ones that Arne and Carlos recommended, the prim. Um, and they're very nice. They have like this triangle shape, uh, but they're very slick and smooth lacquer type of a finish on them and slippery. So I, c- I couldn't keep the loops on there when I had like all five of the needles um, going on. So then I ordered the bamboo, the clover bamboo double pointed needles. And then I uh, was practicing with those. And um, already I was doing a little bit better because the bamboo is not as slippery. Uh, so um, the loops were kind of staying on there much better. However, <laughs> I still have a very hard time um on that first round where you have to close this, I don't know what they call it, but um, closing the loop or the, you know, when you, when you, when you fill up the four needles with your uh, divided out um, cast on stitches, and then there's that gap that you have to close up and then you start knitting the first row. That part is the hardest for me. I have the hardest time doing that. Uh, and then the next hardest part is just continuing and keeping all those needles in order and knowing how not to twist them uh, and 
it's just um it's just a beginner's learning curve. So, but I have to put all that aside now. I'm not I'm not going to um uh you know, do it for for quite a bit of time. Maybe probably like a couple of months. But I can do some limited sewing machine product products projects. So, the only thing that I find painful in sewing is um, you know, a ton of rotary cutting and uh, pulling stitched things right side out. So if like you make a, a pillowcase and you've got to pull it right side out or a zippered pouch, that pulling um, does hurt. But otherwise, um, everything else is okay on a sewing machine. Uh, so I'm just going to take it easy and, um, and uh, do what I can. Uh, and... Let's see, let's get into the topic for today, which is um, holiday handmade gift ideas. So now we are in it. We are in this holiday rush uh, where you just go into this time warp and you have no idea how it, you know, you were just at Thanksgiving and now you're already at your holiday, whether it's Hanukkah. Christmas, Kwanzaa, you know, any of the, all of those holidays that are in December. So um, uh, I went through, there's some things that I um, have going on that I'll share with you. And then I looked up a few more online, just, you know, Pinteresty and stuff like that, uh, just to kind of give you a, a list of kind of like impressive quick gifts to make that are not going to take you forever and hopefully won't stress you out and keep you up all hours of the night trying to get stuff done. So uh, the first one, and this is what I've been making, uh, fabric bowl cozies. And uh, they're these are actually really fun for me to make. I enjoy making these because they're so quick and they are pretty impressive looking, especially when you make a set of four. And the bowl cozies, they're kind of like a um, oven mitt for the microwave uh, and holding bowls so that you don't burn your hands. And they're really pretty. So they make great gifts. And uh, you can make them. So I there's many, many different patterns and styles and techniques to make these. But I am doing the gypsy quilter template and um, the uh, gypsy uh, also has... Um, the pre-cut batting pieces, which has the little V darts cut out of them already. Uh, so I kind of wavered on whether, oh, you know, I could probably cut my own batting out. But I'm so glad I got these because first of all, it <laughs> eliminates rotary cutting and uh, it makes the process so much faster. You can zip through these bowl um, cozies so quickly uh, and it's really cool. You get really like uh, impressed with yourself. <laughs> um, so the concept with the gypsy bowl cozies is that um, you can use the two and a half inch strips and it takes five strips and out of the 
width of the fabric. So those width, the, the strips are um, selvage to selvage, which is you probably get about 42 to 43 inches of usable fabric. Uh, and you can get four, four like bowl tops, I guess I would call them, like one-sided. So like I made them with uh, one side with the, the strips and then on the inside I did a, uh, um, a single fabric. So that was a good combination. And um, Or you can do, you know, strips on both sides of the bowl. You, there's so many different variations you can do, but I have um, the mammoth flannel plaid fabric. So I paired that up with the uh, five strips of fabric that I did. So the decorative strip fabric part is on the outside of the bowl and the mammoth um, flannel is on the inside. And it's got a nice scallop um, shape to it. There's four kind of like petals, almost looks like a flower. Uh, and uh, very, very simple to make. So that's a really good gift um, that you could make and gift. Uh, another gift um, to make are pillows. So you can make pillows with or without the fillers, but those are really pretty quick to, to make and also are pretty impressive, especially for people who do not sew. Um, they, they just think it's like amazing and that you've made, uh, these really cool decorative pillows and they can be as simple as just, you know, making them with no trim where they're just a plain knife edge and knife edge just means the front sewn to the back, um, with no decorative edging at all. That's just what a knife edge means. Uh, and uh, you can put a zipper or not put a zipper in there. Uh, I kind of, I always like to kind of put a zipper in because then it makes it easy for them to either a switch out pillows, or b um, able to take the pillow covers off and clean them. Um, the only time that I really just hand stitch the pillows the opening closed is if it's done in a a, a fancy fabric that um, can only be dry cleaned then, you know, you can just, um, you know, hand stitch that up. Um, what else? Oh, another tip for these pillows is that um, if you are doing the pillow covers um, with the fillers, let's say, okay, you bought um, a 16 inch square filler then you'd want to cut your pillow pieces one inch smaller. So you would cut them 15 inch square uh, because then that filler will really fill up that cover and you won't have those uh, gaps at the corners and it won't have kind of like a saggy look to it either. So that's kind of just like a rule of thumb um, if you want a nice, um, a nice full looking pillow. Another quick gift that you can make are simple zipper pouches. Those are also pretty quick. They're very fast to make and I, everybody loves a zippered pouch, even guys. So a zippered simple pouch is a wonderful gift to make and it's fairly quick to do. I know that So Sweetness has um, a bunch of pouch designs um, of all different types 
And, um, you know, even uh, she has this free one that is uh, like completely you can make it in like five, 10 minutes. It's crazy because you can make it with cork if you have cork fabric and it's a super simple, um, you just sew the zipper um, to the to the cork and then basically you s- just close it up by sewing down across and up the three sides. There's no lining. And what I have done with that is I've added a wristlet um, to it. And I think now she has a tutorial on how to add a wristlet. So that is like a super cute gift, especially like maybe for like um, teenagers or people who just like a a little tiny zippered pouch uh, to put, um, you know, just small things in. Um, what else? Oh, you know, um, I made some knit headbands this summer for my nieces and they loved them. And what was surprising is that my, (laughs) my sisters were trying, well, my one sister was trying to like take the, the headband from her daughter to wear herself. She was just teasing her, but she really liked the headband. So, um, I actually should make some for her. That just reminds me, but they're so simple to make if you have some knit fabric and it's really good for knit fabric scraps because you only need a piece, um, like for an adult size, um, uh, what is it like nine inches by 18 inches and they just double over and you can use a zigzag stitch if you don't have a serger. Um, so it, that one is pretty easy. And I even think I put the, a link to that on one of my previous episodes. So I'll look for it and see if I can redirect that link into this show's, um, show notes. And another one is if you have someone that is into reading and they still read like the old school paper books, hardcover or, or, or paperback, but they're not the Kindle, um, you can use um, really cute fabric scraps and make bookmarks. Um, for a gift. And then what I what I like to do, too, is like for it instance, this, um, a fabric bookmark, you know, by itself, it may not be enough, but you can pair it with, let's say you're going to give them a book and then you've had something handmade to go with, you know, a book that you, um, purchase and it just kind of like elevates the gift and has a much more personal, um, touch and meaning to the gift. You can monogram that book, um, the bookmark with the person's initials. Uh, So it's pretty quick. That's another really quick one that you can make. And, um, oh, another really small thing to make. Um, I know this was popular like about five years ago, um, but uh, those um, fabric, um, it was like a wristlet key fob. And I think Amazon sells it. Those, Those little metal uh, closures with the two prongs that you clamp over the the fabric wristlet, and then it has the key ring attached to it. So simple and easy to make. Very quick gift. So all of these, you know, some of these can be really nice um, stocking stuffers or or add-on gifts to other things that you're you're giving. 
Um, and of course, one of my favorites <laughs> are pillowcases. Um, it seems like everybody loves custom pillowcases. And when you make it in a fabric that um, they enjoy, uh, it's it's just they still, it sounds uh, like such a boring and mundane gift to give, but it's really not. Uh, I mean, I'm shocked that even like my little uh nephews and nieces get excited over pillowcases that were made for them, but they're in like fabrics that they really enjoy. Um, you know, like it, the Star Wars fabric or, or whatever. So uh, pillowcases are still a really good gift to give and to simple to make. Uh, and then for people who are bakers or cooks or anything like that, um, Mason jar fabric covers are really a cute thing to give, um, especially for people who do canning. Uh, I think it's a really just cute and personalized gift that's really quick to make. And um, you, there's a different way. You can just make plain ones with a decorative edge and add a ribbon to it. But I've, I'm making some that are have embroidered designs on the center of it. And um, I got these designs from Embroidery Library, I believe, uh, but they're really cute. I got the winter themed ones. So there's like a snowflake um, design. There's a deer, there's a snowman. And uh, so you can make those for gifts that you're actually giving away in a mason jar. I know those are really kind of cool gifts to give, especially now, because people are spending a lot of time at home and they're cooking and they're baking at home. So to give a gift of a mason jar filled with ingredients they need to make something, um, like for instance, uh, cookies, you can put like all the dry ingredients for cookies with the recipe um, in the mason jar and make a really cute little um, fabric cover that you tie with either twine or a little ribbon. Uh, so really, really a cute gift. And it could be cookie mix. It could be soup mix. Um, oh, there was another one I thought about. Uh, oh, hot chocolate. <laughs> uh, hot chocolate with the marshmallows. Mellows. I mean, you could just like the... It's just endless, the, the combinations that you can make and put inside of a mason jar. Uh, another favorite of mine is tea towels or kitchen towels. Uh, this is kind of something I think that a lot of people just don't, you know, think of purchasing for themselves um, because decorative tea towels, you know, that's kind of like a, you know, I guess, sort of a frivolous thing. Like, you know, um, you're really probably investing in just like your daily workhorse dish towels, but really pretty decorative um, tea towels, I think are a really nice gift to give and to get. And you can, you know, if you need something really quick, you can actually get just ready-made plain kitchen towels or tea towels, and then you can just embellish them. I've added fabric banding at the bottom um, of towels. Uh, and this again is really good for smaller pieces of fabric that you may have. Um, 
and you just simply um, turn in the top and the bottom edges a quarter of an inch and you stitch them right onto the towel, wrap it around the two sides and then fold those ed raw edges in and stitch them down the two sides of the towel and there you go, you have a really pretty decorative, decorative towel. You can take that one step further and you can add a ribbon down the center on top of that fabric banding on a decorative towel. Um, so if you guys have that really pretty Tula Pink Renaissance ribbons, you can use that for uh, a tea towel uh, or any other Renaissance type ribbon, or you could put grow grain ribbons, um, anything like that. You can put the little pom-pom um, trims uh, on either side of the fabric banding. And if you don't do any banding at all, if you have a machine, um, um, embroidery machine, then you can simply just uh, upload a design and stitch it out onto that uh, tea towel. Uh, I personally like the single color thread uh, embroidery designs because it's quick and it's still super impressive looking and you don't have to sit there and clip your threads and make your thread changes like 10 times in a row. Sometimes you're making thread changes and then you're changing it back to the same color thread on a different part of the embroidery design. Uh, that's pretty time consuming for a one needle machine. So I do understand why some people invest in like those 16 needle embroidery machines because then you don't have to change any of the thread colors and they all just stitch out one after the other um, like magic. Uh, but uh, embroidered designs on anything people really, really love. You could embroider patches. Patches are really big right now. Hey, have you guys seen the Tula Pink patches that she's uh, been making. Uh, she just um, did a video this past week and it's part of her um, line work collection. So she took the skunk um, design out of it and made that into a patch. And then she made a little extra patch with a little cloud that says poot on it um, because a skunk, you know, uh, a skunk releases his uh, flowery perfume per se. And um, yeah, so patches are really um, a popular thing, I think. And another nice way to personalize something that's already ready made. So um, think about things like that, that kind of saves you time, but still um, is a really like... Um, personalized and um, handmade gift still. Um, so I also have some non-sewing gifts to make. So I am doing another batch of Madagascar vanilla extract. And um, I made this two years ago for gifts. And uh, it was the first time that I made it. And people loved it. 
and were asking me for refills, <laughs> um, even though I told them that because I, I left vanilla beans in each bottle that I gave away. And uh, all you have to do is top it off with some more vodka and the beans, the vanilla beans will steep. You can even add more vanilla beans to it and just keep it going. Um, you know, I got that idea from Ina Garten. <laughs> Ina Garten is one of my favorites. Like I have been watching her show from Food the Food Network since the beginning. Like Ina Garten, I I remember before she had a single cookbook out or anything when she was a guest on the Martha Stewart show. Like Way, way back. I think it was like in the late 90s. And that's at the time where Ina Garten um, had the Barefoot Contessa um, specialty food shop in the Hamptons. So, um, yeah. And ever since then, I have been just like a huge fan of hers because she makes really um, delicious foods that are not too hard to make. And the ingredients aren't that crazy that you can't like get them um, from where, you, you know, from the regular grocery store. Uh, so, yeah, that's where I got the idea because she said she had this bottle, a large bottle of um, a jar of vanilla extract that she has had in her pantry for 20 years. And she just keeps adding the beans and the vodka to it. Isn't that cool? That is so cool. So I still have my jar that I made from a couple years ago uh, in my pantry. Not as huge as her jar because I don't <laughs> I don't cook as much as her, but uh, it's it's pretty cool. And it it doesn't even have to be vanilla extract. Um, you can make extracts from a lot of different things. I I want to try in the future to make a lemon extract. Um, it's pretty simple and it's the same technique. It's basically all vodka steeped um, ingredients. So, and the lemon one is like the lemon, um, you know, you peel off just the zest part of the lemon and that steeps in the, in the um, vodka. Uh, almonds, the same idea for almond extract. Uh, mint extract. So all of those extracts are, are really cool. And ex real extracts are pretty expensive in, you know, the specialty food stores, like even William Sonoma. I mean, a small little jar of Madagascar vanilla extract can cost you like $50. It's crazy. Um, so that's a really good non-slowing gift to make and to gift. Um, the only thing is you have to start um, uh, making brewing or whatever it's called, you have to start making the extract um, a couple of months ahead of time so that it has time to, you know, actually like become the extract. Um, because the longer it, um, the longer it steeps or sits, the, um, the better it, uh, stronger it becomes. So the next item would be baked items. So, um, and the baked items I think that are good gifts to give are the ones that are not too um, delicate and, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, sheesh. Perishable. <laughs> like the ones that don't need to be 
uh, constantly refrigerated, that sort of thing. But the ones that are pretty hearty um, and that um, I think go over well with a lot of people are quick breads, like the pumpkin bread I mentioned. Cranberry orange bread is really nice at this time of year. Banana bread. Um, like any of those types of shortbreads, um, are really good things to make and gift. Um, and, um, I already mentioned the mason jars filled with ingredients. Uh, oh, mason jars too. I mean, you can like put anything in mason jars and gift them and they look kind of cool. Uh, you could also gift, um, some like homemade bath salts, uh, in a mason jar. And, um, I mean, I think like all you would have to do is use Epsom salt that was mixed in with, um, whatever essential oil blends that you would want to use. Um, lavender of course is a popular one, but that you could also do one that is a blend of things or citrus. Um, so I think bath salts are kind of like a good idea, so, yeah, I, I think that non-sewing gifts um, that are food related are probably going to be uh, pretty popular this year because, again, so many people are spending so much time home and are, are having to prepare uh, more meals than maybe they've never prepared before <laughs> uh, and also have taken up baking uh, do you remember early on in the year where the there were all these trends, like all of a sudden everyone was baking bread and that was going um, viral amongst all the social medias. And then everyone was baking banana bread. So, um, yeah, it's it's just uh, it's what everyone's doing now. So uh, food gifts, I think, are a good idea. Okay, and then I want to also talk a little bit about wrap, wrapping gifts and some ideas that you can do that are sort of like unconventional where um, if you don't want to just, you know, buy wrapping paper and more and more I have um, scaled back on buying wrapping paper. I still buy it every now and then, but I really have cut back a ton and I really like using more natural uh, things to wrap gifts. Uh, so, um, and it's cost effective. So for instance, if you get a roll of craft paper, you can wrap anything with craft brown craft paper. Uh, I think they even make like a white craft paper too. But um, I have seen people make some really nice looking uh, wrapping paper, wrapping paper from craft paper using stamps. And it's such a simple idea. But once you start stamping a design um, all over with, um, let's say, like a repeat, maybe uh, if you do it in a design or if it's just random, uh, it makes a really cool looking wrapping paper. And uh, if you like to paint, you could even do some watercolor designs on the wrapping paper, like a really wide kind of a color wash, really simple. You could do an ombre uh, color wash where you, where you start with a really intense, um, deep um, color of, of the watercolor paint 
And then you then just add water to your brush and kind of brush it up or however you're doing your ombre, whatever direction, you start at the one end and you draw the color down um, and the color gets a little bit lighter and lighter and lighter. So um, those are really pretty. Another um, thing of decorate, like what to wrap the gifts with. So now you've got your paper, let's say you're doing craft paper um, on your gifts. Um, I always love to make um, ribbons out of leftover fabrics. So like if you have two and a half inch um, binding strips are perfect to make into ribbons. So you can just press them open into like two and a half inches. You can even use leftover two and a half inch um pieces from like your jelly rolls that you haven't used. Uh, and you all you have to do is stitch something on either side, whether you use a serger. I love to just use a serger, a three three thread overlock stitch. Um a narrow one on each side of the fabric and that just makes a beautiful ribbon. Uh, if you don't have a, a serger, you could do a straight stitch a little bit kind of, um, you know, inside that give yourself a little seam allowance. I don't know, maybe even just like a little quarter inch one uh, to three eighths inch. And, and if it's a linen cotton blend, it will make a nice fringe fringed edge, but it's a little more work to like get it to fringe, but <laughs> it's still an idea. Um, and burlap, actually, I was just, when I'm talking about fringe, I was thinking about burlap actually will fringe very easily and you can make, um, cut up strips of that and make into ribbons, more of a natural look. Um, and then, um, to even add a little bit more embellishment, um, you can add things like small pine cones glued to twigs and, and, uh, place that inside, uh, your bow. If you want to add a little bit of color, you can add berries on stems to the package. Um, oh, I love adding little greenery, like, um, the pine needle twigs, um, and, and they smell good too. Uh, but I love adding stuff like that. And if you don't have the real stuff, um, you can always get the faux ones from Michaels. You know, they have those little, uh, stems attached. They're, they're specifically made for like decorating like that. And, um, that's what I used to do like years and years ago. I would just get a bunch of those because they were like, I don't know, 50 cents a piece. They're, they're like more like 99 cents a piece now if you can get them on sale. And they can get actually even more expensive than that. But yeah, when they were like only 50 cents a piece and they were like these little, um, red berries with the evergreen twig. Um, I loved those and they just really like add a wow factor to, to your gifts. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, what does everybody do once they open a wrapped gift? All of that paper and the ribbons go in the garbage, right? So I found that when I have wrapped gifts with the handmade ribbons that I've done, they keep that ribbon because it's fabric. It's like, it's, it's, it's reusable. Um, so 
that I think is just a, a lot more fulfilling and um, le- I don't know, I think less wasteful. And the brown craft paper is recyclable and all of that. So I don't know, it just kind of like after a while, I, I used to take so much time and effort wrapping these masterpiece gifts like they were just like gorgeous they were had the beautiful gold big ribbons i be, i doubled and tripled the ribbons and and did these fantastical bows with all the berries and twigs and uh little like glittery you know thing decorations and stuff like that uh into the gifts <laughs> i would put jingle bells in them i mean it was just like you know it's kind of fun to be able to do that but it's for uh, so much work first of all <laughs> and um i don't know like i guess Back then, I mean, I'm talking like 15 plus years ago. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I guess I had a lot more energy too, <laughs> uh, being that much younger. But I think over the years, seeing everything discarded and even like watching the embellishments get tossed into the garbage. Like if I got a gift and I had like that, uh, you know, sprig of the, you know, um, the fake, um, you know, uh, stems with the berries and, and the evergreen, uh, twigs, I would keep those, but you know, not everybody is into that kind of stuff. Not everyone is crafty or creative and can find another use for it. So yeah, I was just, it started to kind of like bring me down and get disheartening to see like (laughs) my little masterpieces get destroyed and then thrown away. (laughs) So I, I think it's like a lot more fun just to make, you know, um, simpler and you know that you, they're getting tossed, but it's a little bit, it's, it's a bit more recyclable. And, um, I don't know for me, a little less heartbreaking, I guess. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if you're like thinking I'm cuckoo, but that's just what I have experienced. And, uh, I have noticed in myself that my wrapping, uh, techniques have changed over the years and I have simplified it a ton um, and I don't put a bunch of like stuff all over the gift, but I still like it to look pretty. Uh, so, um, and, and I'm telling you, those fabric ribbons are the trick. And a lot, that's what a lot of us have. We have a lot of two and a half inch strips left over. We have a lot of unused binding strips. So use those, use those for ribbons. In fact, if they're binding, if it's leftover binding, you don't even have to do anything with it because it's already folded um, in half. Um, But you can actually, if so... If you did not want to take the time to stitch either side of these fabric strips, you could take a little time just to press it like a double fold binding where you press each end in towards the center and then you fold that in half on top of itself and press that and then there are no raw edges. And then that can be used as a ribbon with no sewing involved. So that's that's what I've got for wrapping gifts. Um, oh, actually, no. <laughs> Fabric uh, is another good use for wrapping gifts. Um, I've done it like for my niece that likes to sew. So I've wrapped 
um, her gifts with fabrics because the fabric ends up being another gift. But uh, I do not wrap gifts um, in fabric for people who have no use for fabric and they don't see any value in it. Um, but anyway, yeah, but fabric does make a really cool uh, gift wrapping all right, so I hope these tips are helpful for you, and I just know that this is a time of year where um, a lot of us kind of get into that panic mode, and we see the the clock time just ticking down um, into days, into hours before our holidays. So um, just uh, think about other things that you can do that are much faster and uh and quicker to make, but yet still impressive of a gift to make. Uh, okay, I want to give an update on um, Cooper's hand-sewn uh, patch that I did on his uh, Teddy Kong bear. I did a post on Instagram, but um, I, I'm sure that... Um, because of the algorithms and because I haven't been posting that often, not a lot of people have seen it. Uh, but I'll put a picture of it uh, in the podcast show notes. So Kong is a brand of dog toy. Um, they manufacture toys and plushy toys. And those Kong, their most popular product, I think, is that rubber um, cone um spirally cone-shaped Kong. It's it's called a Kong. And you can fill fill it with cheese or peanut butter and the dog it's uh the dogs can chew on it. So it's kind of rubbery. So you know it, it's a little bit of a softer chew than like a hard bone. And my my dog loves his Kong and he I don't know if he's trained or I'm trained. <laughs> he's trained me, but um Every time he smells toast being made, he runs and scrambles to find his Kong because then he'll bring it to me uh, for me to fill it up with peanut butter. And now he knows when I bring a peanut, it doesn't even have to be toast. If I bring the peanut butter jar out, he will run and find his Kong. <laughs> so he loves that. So that's the one of the Kong products. But I also got him this uh, teddy bear and it's so cute. It almost reminds me of like a Boyd's bear, uh, but uh, the Kong products are known for being like able, like they're, they hold up against um, rough use. They can stand up to like, you know, heavy dog chewing and that sort of thing and playing. So um, the, the, the Kong bear is made and there is like a a really like tough um it's probably like a half inch diameter rope so the structure of the inside of the bear the legs and the arms are made out of this rope and then there is fiber fill um stuffed around that rope so it's not all just fiber fill on the inside there's a, like a hard rope and then that actually i think satisfies a dog's chewing also because it's a little harder and um you know they're not like totally trying to like rip it apart but my dog does his his goal is to like get to the stuffing but this dog this toy has lasted a really long time um like we've had it for oh at least 
nine months. I mean, that's a long time for this toy to last with my dog because especially when he was a puppy, there was no plush toy. We tried them all. We tried the ones that said they are indestructible. I remember we got the shark. It's indestructible. He had it ripped apart within minutes. It was crazy. Oh, so then we stopped getting the plush toys for him, but he loves them so much. So when I found this Kong bear uh, and learned about the rope that was inside of it, I gave it a try and it it's pretty good. Uh, so anyway, the whole long story is about how he finally got to the stuffing on the one leg. And I was um, almost going to throw it in the garbage, but it was really breaking my heart because it was totally a good still stuffed bear. It only had the one, you know, hole in the leg. But with my previous experience of the other plush toys, I would machine... Um, mend them and he would be able to rip them open again. So I have never hand uh, mended. I've never put a patch, um, a hand mended patch onto his toys. But this time I did. And it was in a good location on this leg where I could wrap it around the leg. And I got like a, a denim um, fabric, like a strong, like from a pair of jeans that we no longer use, made a patch out of it. I have a red denim jean thread. And I just did a blanket stitch around this patch. And then I made it, I made it cute because I put, I embroidered a little heart design on the patch as well. So I'll put a picture of that up. But the update is that it is still looking good. Like knock on wood, this patch is holding up to 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 the dog play. So we'll see how long it lasts. But I am so glad I saved it. I'm so glad that I did not toss away that toy. But the Kong um, plush animal toys are really good. They're very, very good. And Costco, if you have a Costco near you, they um, are, at least our Costco has like this five pack of the Kong stuffed animal toys. So we haven't gotten that, but because he just has the one. He just needs the one. But if you have multiple dogs, that would be a really cool, uh, I guess, gift to give them for Christmas. Do you give your dogs gifts at Christmas? <laughs> we we used to, like, when he was a puppy, of course, you know. Do, I mean, I made him a stocking. He has his stocking that I put out, and I hand-embroidered his name, Cooper, on it. But over the years, you know, we just, you know, have, have fallen off that whole, like, you know, we have to give Cooper a gift because he gets like stuff all the time. He gets his bones and his treats and everything. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think people do still kind of like to give their dogs some special gifts around the holidays. All right, here's another update. So I received my Christmas box that I ordered from the, the last homely house but I have not opened it yet. So um, I'm, I think I'm going to do an unboxing quick video of it. Uh, but I just didn't want to open it like any, you know, regular Amazon order box and, and not just like have the time to really like appreciate and soak in all of these really cool handmade items. So, um, I'm gonna, you know, wait till I get like a moment of time to really enjoy it and have a good look at all of these things. But, um, 
And so I don't know if I have uh, one of the handwritten notes from John, her son, but um, he, he, when he was helping um, uh, fill the boxes and and get them ready to ship. So he started writing these notes um, on the box tops. So uh, we'll see. We'll see if I have a note, but um, I'm not sure. I'll let you know. Okay, so I hope these ideas are helpful to you or that even if they just strike up some creative ideas that lead you to other gifts you decide to make for your family and loved ones. Uh, so please feel free to share your ideas um, uh, on other gifts that um, you think would be great to, to make for the holidays. Um, you can share it on the podcast page in the comments, or you can send me an email. Um, the podcast has a, an email. It's info at makeanddecorate.com. So make and decorate is just all spelled out. All right. So before I go, uh, I made a change to the podcast schedule and I, um, pushed back the guest recording that I have with Sandra Johnson. I'm going to publish it next Thursday. Uh, so I just, I just ran into running out of time. <laughs> I ran out of time to get everything. I could have done it in a super mad rush, but I didn't feel comfortable with what quality would um, happen from that. So I decided that I would just um, take the time to edit the the recording properly and put it up next week. So I just recorded a nice little casual um, holiday podcast for you, especially for today. And then you're going to get another episode next week. So, hey, this is a bonus. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you're enjoying your holiday and make sure you take some time for just you to sow and create to your heart's content. And for everyone else across the world, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Thanks to everyone. I'm, you know, this is a, a holiday for um, reflecting on what you're thankful for and I am thankful for this podcast and for everyone who listens. Um, it's not a huge produced professional podcast with fancy sponsors and gajillions of subscribers. But hey, I, I, I have got more subscribers than I thought that I would get. So I'm very happy with that. And I thank you for listening and for subscribing. Um, so um, I hope that you continue to listen and stay tuned for next week. Uh, when I have a guest, Sandra Johnson of Sandra Johnson Designs, we're going to talk about um, borrow mending and uh, some of her classes coming up in the QuiltCon together. So take care, everyone, and stay safe, healthy, and happy and crafty. Happy quilting. Bye-bye.
Thanks for listening to the Make and Decorate podcast. The podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Stephanie Socha. Until next time, have a great day. Bye.